SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. I am Brad Brown. It's good to join you once again this evening. Thanks to the MoneyWeb team. Back again tomorrow at 6. I'm with you until 7 o'clock tonight, keeping you company and uh, talking all things sport. And uh, we've got a busy show lined up for you this evening. We're going to be chatting to uh, a man who's no stranger to sledging himself, Andre Nell, former pro-tier fast bowler. We'll be talking about uh, the David Warner, Quinton de Kock incident that took place at Kingsmead in Durban tonight. Uh, and is sledging a viable part of the modern game of cricket? We'll ask Andre that this evening. We'll also head to Italy where we'll catch up with Team Dimension Data for Quebec. Louis Mankis joins us uh, tonight. It is uh, day one of the Tireno Adriatico and uh, not the best of days uh, for Team Dimension Data as you'll find out tonight. We'll also uh, hear from Justin Gatlin, world champion, Anaso Jobodwane and Akani Sambini as well on tonight's show. And uh, we'll try and squeeze some rugby into the beast, uh, Tendaim Taurira, chatting a little bit about new Springbok coach Rassi Erasmus. But let's start with news making headlines. Banyana Banyana, we're in action today in the fifth and sixth place playoff against Belgium at the Cyprus Women's Cup. They unfortunately suffered a 2 1 defeat and they ended up finishing sixth in the tournament. Two matches taken taking place as we speak in the CAF Champions League. And uh, it is Bidvest Vitz who are up against uh, Premiero de Agosto from Angola. They're in Angola for that one. And it is goalless after 74 minutes. Uh, Mamelodi Sundowns, former African champions, are in Rwanda. They're taking on Rayon Sport 28 minutes into that clash. And it is goalless there as well. A match to look forward to in the ABSA Premiership tonight sees Blum Celtic hosting Polokwane City. That one kicks off at 7.30, while in Europe, two UEFA Champions League matches to look forward to. And uh, the first one sees Tottenham Hotspur, uh, Hotspur hosting Juventus with all to play for. The team's deadlocked at 2-all on aggregate, while Manchester City take a very healthy 4-0 lead into their clash at home tonight against Basel. Proteas wicketkeeper batsman Quinton de Kock will dispute the charge handed down to him by the ICC for his involvement with Australian batsman David Warner in that incident that took place on day four at Kingsmead in Durban in the first test. De Kock has opted to contest the charge and will now face a hearing this evening in Port Elizabeth. The 25-year-old faces a level one charge which also relates to uh, conduct that brings the game into disrepute, with a fine being the most severe punishment. Meanwhile, Warner has escaped a test ban and has instead been fined 75% of his match fee, which equates to about 160,000 rand. He's also been handed three demerit points. On to rugby, Springbok and Lions flanker Yaku Krill's been dealt another blow on his uh, return from injury. He's going to be facing another lengthy spell on the sidelines. That as his shoulder operation needs to be repeated tomorrow. In other rugby news, former Bulls coach Nolas Murray is set to be unveiled as the new coach of Tiki's Varsity Cup side. Murray is set to replace David Manuel who will stay on as assistant coach. Tucks have struggled in the Varsity Cup this season, having lost all five of their matches in 2018. And they currently sit bottom of the log. And uh, in cycling news, uh, Damiano Caruso claimed honours in the opening stage of the Tireno Adriatico Olimpi. South Africa finished sixth in the stage. 
And finally, Commonwealth Games news. The South African Sports Confederation and Olympic Committee, SASCOC, has uh, provided its 182-member Commonwealth Games squad uh, incentives for the Gold Coast Games. They've promised to award all gold medalists in Australia with 55,000 rand, an extra 12,500 going to their coaches. Silver medal winners will earn 25,000 rand with 7,500 to their coaches, while bronze medalists will receive 15,000 rand and 5 to the coach. South Africa will do do battle across 17 codes, including para sports, athletics, lawn bowls, swimming, table tennis, power lifting as well. That's it uh, for your news headlines. Uh, up next, we'll chat cricket with Andre Nell. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, and it's been in the news over the last few days, this little incident between David Warner and Quinton de Kock in the stairwell uh, at tea on day four of the first test between the Proteas and Australia, Kingsmead in Durban. News today is that uh, David Warner has been fined by the ICC, 75% of his match fee. It's equivalent to about 160,000 rand. He's also received three demerit points. The last I heard, Quinton de Kock was contesting the charges that he was charged with uh, he is facing a level one uh, infringement which uh, if he is found guilty will be a fine he's not facing suspension a nasty little incident if you see the video uh, footage that's doing the rounds on social media I saw another clip today uh, surface with the players walking off the pitch as they were stepping over uh, the boundary rope with David Warner. There's audio as well. David Warner having a full go uh, at Quinton de Kock. And I thought we'd get someone on uh, the show tonight who's no stranger to sledging. Uh, he's uh, had a few words uh, to uh, opposition in his time and uh, received a few as well. Former pro tier fast bowler, Andre Nell. Andre, welcome onto the, pod, uh, onto the show tonight. Thanks for joining us. How's it, Brad? How are you doing, man? Yeah, very, very well, Andre. The reason I wanted to get you on, because you, you used to give us as, as good as you got, and sledging has been uh, a part of cricket for as long as I can remember, and I'm sure as long as you can remember. And it's, I think, good to have some sort of real solid, uh, what's the word, aggression in the game. Do, do you think this incident between David Warner and Quinton de Kock has uh, overstepped the mark? Yeah, I think I was never shy of a few words, and then but I never think it got really personal ever. Um, we had a full go at each other, and you walk off the field, and I was done. And it's actually the first time I've seen it getting carried over so badly off the field. It's also quite scary that they try and almost look like the guys get trapped with cameras everywhere, and trying to catch them out doing anything wrong. So um, it wasn't great to see the personal side of the chirping, but I think it's always sledging part of the game. It's it's a bit of good fun and banter, and um, it gets the, the creative use and aggression into the game a bit, a bit more, more feeling to the game if there's a bit of sledging. So I think it's still sometimes good for the game if it doesn't go too personal. This seemed to to got quite personal, but um, it's also, I think it's, um, if you can dish it out, you need to be able to take it, and it seems like um, Quentin to nerf first, David Warner, and um, uh, for Quentin, it was a pretty sharp chirp. I think it was uh, what uh, apparently it was a red shade. So I think it was quite sharp from Quinton and, and David Warner should um, realise you can get back if you want to dish it up. 
Yeah, Andre, that, that's the, the point I want to make. Obviously, the ICC is trying to clamp down on, on sledging in general. I mean, we've seen it over the last few seasons. Uh, there was an incident with uh, Kajisa Rabada, which if you look at the incident, he didn't, I mean, he, he gave a batsman a bit of a send-off. I don't think it, it was too bad, and, I, and I'm not sure if you recall that incident. But obviously, yeah. the ICC sanctioned him for that as well. So they're definitely trying to clamp down on it. So an incident like this, in, in my mind, is way worse than the, the Kajisa Rabada incident. But if you were watching on day four, the Aussie bowlers were having a proper go at the South African batsman. Uh, a guy like Aidan Markram, who was involved in the A.B. de Villiers run out. When A.B. de Villiers was run out, uh, Nathan Lyon dropping the ball on him. In my mind, that is uncalled for. Uh, and that is, in, it, from the outside, it just looks like pure and utter arrogance from the Australians. And the sad thing is, they were giving it, but as soon as someone gave it back, they, they, they lost the plot. Yeah, I think uh, I, I saw those incidences, and also when uh, uh, Mitchell Stark got a full go at uh, Tennis De Brain, and uh, the words were flying. There's it, two things. Uh, I think it's a good that you can see some fight, and it's a bit of aggression. It, it brings a bit of character into the game. Uh, the RCC, I know, is clamping down at it and want a, a better image for people that's watching, especially young kids watching it. It's not great to see the sledging, possibly, and um, <laughs> they're swearing. Uh, but I think the RC must also understand it's a competitive game. You're playing through country. A few words are going to come out, and they need to sometimes turn a blind eye to it and say, actually, these guys are playing for the country. What was said stays in and get on with it. And I think the other thing is also is that um, I think they're trying to catch people out now on purpose almost, you feel like. Um, guys don't want to go and say anything to each other anymore. Uh, I think it's just a bit pettiness sometimes by the RCC. It's not great the way Nathan Lyon reacted. I think it's, that is probably worse off for me than a few words that has been said on the field. I think you don't throw the ball in someone's face. Yes, I enjoyed searching, but I think that is showing no, no respect to your, your, your um, competitors. And that's what it's about. Uh, professional sportsmen shows respect and treats the game with respect to your, your, fellow, your, your fellow players. And I think that showed no respect to, to AB and um, the opposition. And no, the last thing is, I, I, I think um, they are trying to, um, they can't take it. It seems like all these guys are easy to dish it out, but uh, I think that is just, um, can't take it. So um, I think they need to take some on the highlight tablets and, and get on with it and play proper cricket. What about staging? Is this is this an Australian issue? Uh, I mean, we 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 see international cricket across the world. We've just come off a series against India, and yes, there was a one or two verbals, but but nothing serious. But it seems every time we play Australia, there's issues. I think back to uh, to the I, th- I think it was probably late '90s, early 2000s. There was incidents with Adam Gilchrist at the Wanderers. Uh, I think back to uh, a tour that Pat Simcox went on in in Australia, where where I believe he was thrown. He was on the boundary and he was thrown with a with a frozen chicken. Uh, is it an Australian thing or is this a cricket thing? Um, I think it's more stressful. They like a bit of banter. That's part of the armor almost. Like they want to get aggressive. They want to use the banter as a way of getting to people. Sometimes they've been really smart and they do some really good chirps. And the times we were playing, they were really smart in the way they did it. But they sort of never went overboard. I think the frozen chicken on the boundary was actually quite funny on Bay 13. Was, uh, was quite hilarious, I think, and uh, I think some also experienced it was quite funny and quite humorous at that stage. And um, I think it's just part of the Aussies, uh, Aussies 
armor and the way they want to play. They played hard on the field and saw uh, the first people you're going to have a beer with when we were playing. It seems like that's changed now. Like you seem like they can come hard at them, but you can't come back at them. So it's very interesting to see. And it's very strange for me to see Australian team reacting like this, especially knowing that they will be the first people to dish out hard. What it does do is set the series up. Obviously, we've lost the first test. We, we fought well on, on day four. And uh, unfortunately, I think our, our first innings really let us down. But this does set it up really, really nicely. Do, do you think we're going to see more of this or, or will it be calmed down? Do you think the South Africans have obviously hit a nerve? Uh, are we going to see more, more aggression from the South Africans? Um, I think uh, I think they hit a nerve. And I, I personally think they should play on it. The biggest thing is I need to understand to where the door line is. Also, one thing we have to look at, the umpire should have called the quits earlier on the field. They should have quite taken control of the issue, of the personal chirping, all that. It's stages. You could see the umpires were laughing about this, what was said, and they possibly didn't control as well as they could have, uh, and it would have possibly not snowballed as big as it got. Um, but it has set up the, the series quite well. I think um, there'll be a lot of... Uh, a bit more 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 searching going on out there, things like And I think it's good for the South Africans. It seems like now they've got a purpose to fight a bit more. And I think sometimes that's what sort of lacked the last couple of uh, of games, is that deep down hunger to really do, want to do well for your country. And it seemed like that was gone. There's a lot of tiredness. This could have sparked up a bit of, bit of fire in the belly, and the guys would be running 10 times harder at certain people, 10 times more aggressive, and... Hopefully it spices up even a series that was good, even better now. Let's hope it does, Andre. I'm sure you were watching that and uh, wishing you could come out of retirement and, and make a comeback and take on the Aussies once again. But uh, it's up to the youngsters now. and uh, We'll yeah. follow that. It gets underway. It's in George's Park uh, this weekend. Looking forward to it. Uh, test match number two. Andre, now, as always, great to catch up. Thanks for your time tonight. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me. On. The SABC has signed a code of conduct that is enforced by the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Under the code, we are committed to giving news that is accurate, comment that's fair, and programming that is not harmful, does not amount to hate speech or violence or explicit sex. If you think we are not living up to that code, then you can inform the Broadcasting Complaints Commission of South Africa. Direct any complaints in writing to the BCCSA, PO Box 412-365, Craig Hall 2024. That's the BCCSA, PO Box 412-365, Craig Hall 2024. Send a fax to 011-326-3198 or an email to bccsa at nabsa.co.za. For more information, please visit bccsa.co.za. Exciting news for all of you who missed out on our educational show, Keta. Listen to Keta through our podcast facility. Visit iono.fm, go to Keta link, choose your station, and learn more about careers, subject choices, funding, and other exciting information. Keta is brought to you by SABC Education in partnership with the Department of Higher Education and Training. SAFM Sports Wrap. 
Well, we head to Europe now, where stage one of the Tirreno Adriatico got underway today. And uh, great to see international cycling uh, back sort of uh, on the radar once again as we build up to the year's first Grand Tour. And I thought, what better time than now to catch up with uh, South Africa's team on uh, the Pro Tour, Team Dimension Data for Quebec, and uh, one of their riders who... Spent a lot of time with the team left and is now back. Louis Mankies. Louis, welcome on to the show this evening. Thanks for joining us. Hello to everyone and yeah, thanks for having me on. Louis, great to be back uh, today. First day, sort of big day racing once again uh, for, for a while in, 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 a, in a, a pretty big uh, race. H- how are you feeling at this, at this point in the season? Looking forward to, to what's, what's in store over the weeks and months ahead? Yeah, it's my first Walter race for the season and... Uh, yeah, I could really feel the high level and, uh, yeah, but excited. So it's a week full of challenges and, uh, yeah, training's been going good up until now. So, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can do something. Louis, it must be great to be back in, in a team that you spent a, a lot of time with. You went and spread your wings uh, a bit, but uh, back in the folds with uh, Team Dimension Data, obviously a very strong South African culture and African culture in the team. Uh, it must feel like home. Yeah, it's really great being back and uh, yeah, seeing a lot of familiar faces and being in a, a environment I relate to. So, yeah, super happy to be back in Dimension Arts of Okubeka. Let's talk about uh, today, day one stage. Uh, it was a short one. Uh, time trial, how did things uh, pan out today? Um, I haven't had the chance to see the final results. So, yeah, the race, we've been pretty busy straight after the race, but... Yeah, it could have gone better. Uh, unfortunately, Mark Cavendish crashed and yeah, disrupted uh, our rhythm a bit. So yeah, I don't think today we got a real top result. But yeah, I was feeling okay. So yeah, hopefully in the next few days to come, we can we can see for something better. Let's touch on, on Mark's crash. Obviously, he's back uh, following another serious crash. This is his, his first race back in a while as well. There must uh, be some serious nerves around the team. Um, yeah, it's real unfortunate for him, and uh, it looks like he came down pretty hard today. So, yeah, hopefully he can start again tomorrow, or just hopefully the recovery is okay because it's it looks like he went down quite hard. So, yeah, but it's it's real unfortunate, and uh, yeah, it's a big loss to the team. Absolutely, and 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 rotten luck. I mean, the the poor guy hasn't had the the best of times pretty much from from last year's Tour de France, and uh, we were hoping that this would be the start of. Of, of something big, so let's fingers crossed it's not too serious and he does make it out there again tomorrow. Louis, from a, a personal perspective for you, obviously you've got big ambitions. You had a, a great uh, Tour de France last year in contention for the, the Young Riders jersey. What, what, are, what are some of the, the plans for you and ambitions for you this season, personally and for you within the team? Yeah, so my first objective of the year, of the year is uh, Giro d'Italia, so that's mainly why we're doing this or why I'm doing this Italian race is to to get used to the road here yeah, and the culture and the way of racing. So, yeah, Giro d'Italia is the first big goal, and um, yeah, then it'll be a bit of a break. So this year I won't be doing Tour de France, and then the next big build-up is to go to the Vuelta España. So, looking ahead at. Uh at the rest of this it's not uh, I mean obviously you talk about the Grand Tours and they're three weeks they're really long this one is a, a step, seven stager but like you say it's your first uh, sort of Grand or, or, or sort of Tour race of, of the season 
seven days is not nothing to scoff at. It's going to be a, a tough week for you guys. Yeah, for sure. It's a, a really strong field at this race. So, yeah, it's it's one of the one of the hardest races of of the season. So, yeah, definitely. If if you can get a result over here, then it's almost the same as doing it at the Tour de France because it's all the same contenders that are here in preparation. Louis, also, you, you mentioned you hadn't seen exactly how the results panned out. Uh, I can tell you that uh, Damiano Caruso ended up uh, winning winning the stage. Daryl Impey, uh, fellow South African, ended up finishing sixth. So uh, as much as it wasn't the, the best of days out for Team Dimension Data for Quebec, as far as the South African perspective goes, uh, great news for Daryl. Yeah, great news for Daryl. He is absolutely flying this year. And, uh, yeah, it's, it just shows all the hard work he put in over the over the summer in South Africa. So, yeah, I'm really happy for him. How much does a guy like Daryl, even though you're not on the same team, yes, you ride in, in the same peloton at, at various races throughout the season. How much does having a guy like Daryl in the peloton looking ahead, I mean, let, let's not beat around the bush, and, and he'll be the first one to tell you this, he's no longer a spring chicken, but he's still racing at the at the highest level. As a youngster yourself, knowing that you still got that ahead of you, how, I mean, how, how cool is it having someone like Daryl around? Yeah, Daryl is, he, he's really still like a, a mentor for for a lot of the African guys. So, yeah, it's, and it's it's really nice. Like, he shows us what we are capable of doing. So, if Daryl can do it, why can't we? So, yeah, it's really amazing having a guy like Daryl uh, really racing at such a high level and, yeah, just showing even myself and all the other Africans back home what is possible. So, it's really great. Well, Louis, best of luck for the rest of uh, the race. We look forward to following your progress closely and, and also for the rest of the season. And uh, let's hope it's a successful one for, for both you and the team. Thanks for your time this evening. Yeah, thank you very much. And, yeah, thanks for all the support from back home. SAFM Sports Wrap. We shift our attention to athletics now. American sprint legend Justin Gatlin says he is bothered by his doping past as uh, a human being, but not as a sprinter. Gatlin spoke at the press conference for the Telecom Liquid Athletics Grand Prix event that'll take place at the Tucky Stadium in Pretoria tomorrow night. Gatlin was banned from competing between 2006 and 2010 for failing a second drug test, testing positive for testosterone. You know, obviously, you know, that kind of stuff does affect me as a human being. But as an athlete, I have to stay focused and in the zone what I need to do. And that's why I'm here, just still compete, to go forward. Um, and I think that that's a lesson that could be learned by the younger generation. You know, um, always believe in yourself. We always will go through adversity, but um, stay true to who you are. The 36-year-old from Brooklyn in the United States will be competing in his first 150-meter event at Tux Stadium. It's the first time he's in South Africa. It'll also be the first time he competes so early on in the season. And he'll come against, uh, come up against local hero Anaso Jobodwana. Well, I guess uh, when you when you referenced earlier about a decade ago, I was still around. So um, I guess I'll be the guy to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, you got to think of um, track and field as a community. You know, and I've been around where they had great meets in um, Athens, Greece. They had great meets in Helsinki, and all those meets are gone now. You know, and um, it's a smaller pool and opportunity for great sprinters to be able to go to different meets around the world and be able to bring in um, success for them, not only for themselves, but their family members. 
So to be able to have this kind of meet and a kind of series that's going on, I think it's going to be an uplifting thing in the community of track and field. So when, um, when I got the opportunity to, to be able to come run here, for one, I've never ran a 150 competitively. Two, I've never been to South Africa. And three, I've never ran this early in the season. So it was a challenge that I was willing to take on. Well, you know, I'm a competitor at heart, and I know these guys are definitely a competitor as well. I've, I've watched them go from college to professional athletes and, and basically come into their own as professional athletes and have a name in the world in the world stage. So I know that once we step on a line, they're not going to be half-stepping. They're going to come out there and run for themselves, but also for their country, their city, and they're going to have a lot of pride out there. South African sprinters have been on the rise in the last few years. Akani Sambini became the first South African to reach the 100-meter final at the 2016 Rio Olympic Games, where he finished fifth. Wade van Nikak is a 400-meter Olympic and world champion, while Joba Dwana won a bronze medal at the 2015 World Athletics Championships. Gatlin says local sprinters have what it takes to be the best in the world. South African athletes are definitely on the rise. You know, um, watching these guys not only become physically better, but you can tell psychologically the confidence that they have gained. And you can tell that they're feeding off each other. You know, um, watching Caster in the eight, watching Connie in the, in the 100, um, watching Wade do his thing in the four. You know, it's, it's kind of like the kind of thing where it's like catching fire. So um, I think that you're going to be seeing, you know, these guys on the podium once again, um, countless times over and over, you know, and... That's all it is, just having confidence in yourself, having confidence in your countrymen, and having a responsibility to say, I'm gonna do my part. Um, for me, I guess my tip would be for other athletes is, know who you are, watch the people around you, um, and I, you'll be fine, you'll be okay. You'll know, you'll know this positions that you're in uh, going forward, um, and just stay positive, stay, stay who you are and what got you there. Chobodwana will battle with Gatlin for the 150-meter event. The pair have been competing with each other over the last few years, with Gatlin beating the South African at the 2015 World Champs in Beijing. The American is the 100-meter world champion, while Chobodwana won the 200-meter event last week at the Reimsich Stadium. Here is Chobodwana. Really nothing much. I'm just trying to win, uh, execute my race as best as I can. Um, I know how Gatlin gets out, so I'm just trying to be in contact with him so I can at least have a chance to pull away in the stretch. <laughs> I already told him that, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> and I know he comes out firing um, and is competitive, but, you know, um, I think if I just hold on with the jet lag that he's still got, I think <laughs> we can still get somewhere. <laughs> South African 100-meter national record holder Simbini will be competing with former SA record holder Enrico Brainkies and young sensation Clarence Munyai in the 100-meter event. Simbini will not take part in the 150-meter event, and he explains why. I'm not running the 150 tomorrow. So. Yeah, yeah, 100, but I'm yes, in the 100, so scared. it's... <laughs> 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 nah, 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 I'm going to leave the fight between the two of them. It's too, too early for me. I just thought I'd just leave it to them too to race, and I just enjoyed on the 100 meters. Um, it was great, you know. Um, I have great respect for Catherine and Anasa, you know. Um, they're great athletes, they've won medals, and that's stuff that I want to do, and... You know, I'm always on the track, I'm always trying to pick out the things that I should better on and learn with, you know, and, you know, having Gatlin here in South Africa is actually really amazing for us in South Africa as well because, you know, we get to see him run here and we get to see him run against Anaso and a couple of other South Africans. So it's going to be pretty interesting and I'm pretty excited.
Athletic South Africa president Alex Kassan is excited with the depth of talent that's competing in the three events. Kassan is pleased with the progress being made by local athletes. There is no other way that I can express uh, uh, how one feels. We are overly excited because what we conceptualized last year has come to fruition. Most of the time you always dream and dreams at times do not come to fruition and we're excited that we do have all these stars and others that we had yesterday coming to our country to compete against our athletes at home as we have anticipated that we want to achieve that mm. and it is being achieved. I'm quite excited on behalf of my organization ASA that our coaches have realized that they are not inferior to anyone. They can be able to produce the world champions, the Olympic champions, the world record holders and all that. And they have done that and they continue to do that and they must also continue to do that and do what they have done right to make sure that we sustain what uh, with the talent that we have, especially the youth category and make sure that they become world junior champions and world senior and uh, as well as the Commonwealth and any other competition including the Olympics. On to some rugby now. Springbok forward Tendai Mtawarira has backed new Springbok coach Rassi Rasmus to bring back the glory days to South African rugby after his appointment last week. The national team has been on the wane in recent years and, uh, and parted company with Alistair Gutsia last month following a troubled two seasons in charge. His replacement, Erasmus, signed a five-year deal and will combine his new role with current one of Director of Rugby at SA Rugby. Tawarira, a veteran of 98 caps in the green and gold, is pleased with his appointment. I think Rossi has got a, you know, a, lot of, a lot of experience and he has achieved a lot as a coach. So uh, you know, I think I had the privilege of uh, working with him before the 2011 World Cup. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's, a, he's a guy that believes in standards. So I think he's, he's going to bring back you know, those, standard, those standards uh, of Springbok rugby that everybody, everybody wishes. Uh, and uh, I think he will, he will make sure that the team is picked on merit. So there's not going to be you know, you know, no guarantees. You have to make sure you perform if you want to earn your... A former flanker, Erasmus earned 36 caps for the Springboks after making his debut in 1997. Now 45, he retired from playing in 2006 after serving as player coach of Free State before going on to coach the Stormers and most recently worked as director of rugby at Irish club Munster. He will be assisted by Jacques Ninaba, Peter de Villiers and Mzwandile Stick. Sharks coach Robert Dupree says he's excited by the move. I think it's very, I'm very excited. I'm really excited with, uh, with Rossi there. Um, I think it's going to be great for South African rugby. We've had very good interaction with Rossi up till up till now. Um, since uh, you know he was appointed as director of, 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 of South African rugby, um, as well as Peter and and um, and, and Job Ninaba. Dupree also confirmed that Nidaba and De Villiers have been regular visitors to the Sharks in recent weeks. He praised them for their efforts in trying to keep the cohesion between the mother body and the franchises, adding that the Durban side had established a good working relationship with the new Springbok technical team. Those two guys specifically have been here three times, and I think that's a fantastic thing for the franchise, and I know they've been to all the franchises. Uh, we've got a great uh, working relationship with them. Um, um, they, they've given us some fantastic feedback. Uh, for our individual players, the guys that they will be looking at uh, to play in, in, in the upcoming test series. 
Well, the proof, as they say, will be in the pudding. And that is it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. A jam-packed show for you tonight. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks, too, to my team in Johannesburg, uh, Luyolo and uh, Zalman. Thank you for keeping things together uh, there in the studio. I will be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. Have yourself a superb evening. If you'd like to be in touch, sport at safm.co.za is the email address, or you can reach out via social media. Either SAFM Radio is where you can find us, or at Big Brad Brown is where you can find me. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the talk shop with Naledi and uh, Chriselda. Have yourself a superb evening. It is 7 o'clock, and time for your news.